Abraham, having not yet seen the fulfillment of God's promises, nevertheless believed, didn't he? He believed that God was able to do what He had promised to do, that He was fully persuaded that what God had promised, He was able also to perform. Now, um, we're going to be looking, in the next couple of times together, we're going to be looking at Father Abraham a little more, because Romans chapter 4 and verse 11 tells us that, um, that Father Abraham, Abraham became, because of the... Because of the uh, the, uh, the, the life of faith that he lived, because he was willing to believe having not yet seen, because he counted it not impossible for God to give him a son, his own son, even though he was as, as good as dead as far as childbearing was concerned, and even though Sarah was up in years, you see, despite all of those things, Abram believed and became Abraham, the father of the faithful. And because of this, he became the father of all those who believe. <clears throat> Let's see if we can get started here with our, with our presentation or continue with our presentation. Father Abraham. Let's just bow our heads for an initial word of prayer as we begin. Father in heaven, today we just thank you. We thank you that you've given to us your word. We thank you for giving us the example in your word of men and women who live lives of faith. Today, Father, we're thankful for fathers. We're thankful for those who have been uh, there to give us um, instruction and counsel. We're thankful for our Heavenly Father. And today, as we study the life of Abraham, Lord, we're even thankful for Father Abraham. And we ask that as we open your word, that you might not disappoint us, but that you would fulfill your promise to lead us and to guide us into truth. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Abraham was, is considered here in this, in this passage, our scripture for today, Romans chapter 4 and verse 11, the father of all those who believe. We might even say the father of the faithful. Now, what does this mean? Now, I realize that Abraham is, is genetically, he's biologically related to many people who believe, right? He's, he's, the, he's, the, he's the ancestor of three major world religions. When we look at Christianity, we trace our beliefs back to the Old Testament and back to the patriarch Abraham. When we look at the Jewish uh, belief system, their Jewish nation, they also, of course, trace their beliefs and their ancestry back to Father Abraham. And also, we have the, the world of Islam, the Muslim world. Um, in the Quran, it teaches also about Abraham, and, and they trace their roots back to Father Abraham. So when we, saw, when we talk about um, Father Abraham, it could mean more than one thing. It could mean that um, we already reviewed last week, so we'll just move on. We could, we could, uh, we could, it could mean that he's genetically our, our ancestor. He's the one who is, uh, who is our bloodline. We are his descendants. But it could also mean something else. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 and verses 17 and 18, as well as a number of other times in other places in the Bible, the Bible says, and he call, it calls Abraham the father of many nations. Now, I think that when God gave that promise to Abraham all the way back there in Genesis chapter 15, I think that God was talking about literal nations, and I think he was talking about literal fatherhood, wasn't he? I mean, after all, he promised him a son, and it wasn't a spiritual son, it wasn't an adopted son, it wasn't a surrogate son, 
as, uh, as uh, was attempted, it was a son, and he was, he was to be a father. He was to have the gift of fatherhood himself. But not only is, is Abraham promised to be the father of many nations and to be the literal, physical ancestor of many people who, who would believe, and of course, I suppose some who wouldn't believe, Abraham is also given as a spiritual father. I want us to notice a, another verse, Romans chapter 4 and verse 11, our, our verse for today. Let's look at it more carefully, and um, we don't have a lot of time together, so, so we're going to just sort of concentrate it all into a few minutes here. Is that all right? Romans chapter 4 and verse 11, maybe you're already there, but we're going to read it again. Romans 4 verse 11 says, and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who believe. Now, stop right there. Now, we, we looked a little bit at that last week. We looked at how Abraham, he wasn't forgiven or made righteous or justified because he obeyed and was circumcised. In fact, Paul's making that point here in Romans chapter 4. Paul's uh, Romans... <laughs> Abraham's obedience was not what led God to justify him. In fact, the Bible says in chapter 15 and verse 6 that he believed the Lord and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Amen? And now we also looked at how the devils might believe and tremble, but James says if you have faith, show it by your works, right? And we saw that in Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 8 through 10, God says that we are saved by grace through faith, but we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, right? And so the obedience comes as a natural result. If you love me, keep my commandments. God doesn't say, okay, get your, la get your life, get your act together, and once you get everything put together, then I'll accept you as my son or my daughter. No, that's not it at all. In fact, God says, if, you will, if you'll simply trust me, if you'll give up, trying to do it on your own. If you'll say, I believe that you are able to do the impossible, not because I'm able, but because you're able. That's when it is accounted unto us for righteousness. And having made this type of a, 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 a bold act, decision of faith, Abraham, the Bible says here in verse 11, says it says, he became the father of all those who believe. Now, I would suggest to you that, that here we're not talking about physical ancestry. Here we're talking about spiritual ancestry. I would suggest to you that we're talking about a spiritual fatherhood, that, that uh, Abraham becomes the spiritual father of all who believe. Now let's explore this a little more in our, our few moments we have together. Let's look at a couple of passages. I want to start with John chapter, chapter 8. Let's look at the positive and also the negative in this spiritual ancestry story. Um, because there were those in Jesus' day who said, we are the physical descendants of Abraham. And in fact, they said, because, <coughs> because we're the physical descendants of Abraham, we are something special. And this Jesus teacher, who is trying to make us feel bad for our sins, he doesn't understand. We're Abraham's children. We're the descendants of Abraham. Let's look at the story here. John chapter 8, and verse, we're going to be beginning in verse 31. And it says here, familiar passage to many of us, I'm sure, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, I want you to understand, this is an amazing passage, because I read this for many, many years, and I, I thought this was an interaction between Jesus and the people who were, you know, the Pharisees who didn't like Jesus. But it, it begins, verse 31, by saying, Jesus is actually talking with the people who, who what does it say? Believed him. These are, these are the good guys. 
And this is what the retort was that they came back with Jesus, um, with to Jesus. They answered him, verse 33, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say then you will be made free? Now, I have to say that we as humans are sometimes guilty of studying our history rather selectively, aren't we? And the Jews must have forgotten 400 years of Egyptian bondage um, because when they said, we have never been in bondage to anyone, we're Abraham's descendants. How do you say we're going to uh, be set free? Jesus answers, he says in verse 34, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus did not back down. Jesus is saying, look, it's not so important that Abraham is your physical father. If, you're, if Abraham is your physical father, but yet you will keep doing the things you know are wrong. Did you hear that? If you keep living a life of sin, knowingly, willfully, consciously, you're a slave of sin. And slaves come and go. The son is in the home forever. He continues on. He, very, he makes this spiritual ancestry idea very, very clear. Verse 37, I know that you are Abraham's descendants. I, I understand that you physically descended from Abraham, but that's, also, that's all, always a very important word, right? I like what John Haddon told me last week. I think, I think it was John. He said after, after our sermon, we talked about therefore. He said, he said, one person taught him that whenever you see the word therefore in the Bible, you're supposed to ask yourself, what's it there for? Right? Well, we could do the same thing with but, couldn't we? What's it there for? I understand, Jesus says, you are Abraham's natural children, but, whoa, how could there be a but after that statement? But you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I've seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. Who, what, what's he talking about? I mean, this is getting a little bit testy here. The environment, you can sort of feel the tension that's developing in this, this situation with Jesus and these disciples and, 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 and some who he knew just a, a few days later would be crying, crucify him. Jesus knows that Jesus knows that they are Abraham's literal descendants. They're his physical descendants. They are biologically the children of Abraham, but spiritually they are not the children of Abraham. Spiritually they have another father. In fact, he goes on, he makes it very clear. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Wow. This is amazing, isn't it? This is amazing. Jesus is saying, look, it's not so important who your, your physical ancestors are. What's important is who your spiritual ancestor is, right? And he says, you're not doing the works of Abraham. That's why in the next couple times we're together, it's going to be, I'm going to be gone um, a little bit this summer, but we're going to start looking a little bit at Father Abraham, the life of Abraham. Because it says, if, if, uh, the, 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 the book of Romans here tells us that Abraham has become the father of all who believe, right? And Jesus tells us that, that, uh, that if we're Abraham's children, we would do the works of Abraham, right? And so we want to understand what is this life of this great man of faith who was so singular, so faith-filled, so faithful, 
that he became the spiritual ancestor of all who would believe. I mean, it's pretty amazing, isn't it, to have that kind of an accolade and that kind of a, a, a privileged um, um, uh, genealogy, you might say. And so we're going to be looking at that more carefully. Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham, but now you seek to kill me, a man who's told you the truth. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Boy, now, now they're getting really angry. They said, we were not born of fornication. By the way, there's some innuendo there. They didn't come out and say it, but they said it. We were not born of fornication. We have one father, and that's God. Now they've... <laughs> you understand they were just saying Abraham's our father? And now they're saying we have one father. It's who? It's God. Jesus is not going to back down yet. If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. Now, here's the clencher. Are you ready for this? This is really... This is... Jesus had an ability to speak the truth. Sometimes I know some people must have been offended, but he did it because he wanted to save them, friends. Do you understand that Jesus loved them? Do you believe Jesus loved them? Do you believe Jesus wanted them to have a, their eyes open to how their spiritual genealogy really looked? Jesus says in verse 44 these astonishing words, very blunt, very to the point, but he was the truth. He says, you are of your father, the devil. The desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. You see, my friends, Jesus here is telling these, these uh, individuals, it's not going to help you to be the descendants physically of Abraham. What you need is to be the descendants spiritually of Abraham. I want us to sort of back up and take a look at that big picture and to say, how does that apply to us in Dalton in 2015? I want us to understand that it's not so much the externals that really matter. The religion, salvation, is not a matter of externals. It's not a matter of, of where your name's written and which edifice you, uh, you associate with or go to or who you're around. Or it, what really matters is, are you spiritually born again into a new family? Are you spiritually the descendants of Abraham? Are you spiritually the descendants of Abraham? John chapter 8 teaches us that we, have, we can have spiritually, spiritual ancestry. That is, not, that is not a, a coming from Abraham. Jesus says, you are of your father, the devil. I have to ask myself the question, have I been born again? And if I'm born again, I'm born again into a new family. And I have a new father. And the life I live will reflect the spiritual ancestry that I have. If you were of your father, the Abraham, you would do the works of Abraham. Hebrews chapter 7. On a positive note, we see this principle applied in the book of Hebrews. Now, Hebrews is a, is a book that is written by arguably the greatest intellect of the New Testament church, the Apostle Paul. He's, he's writing to the Hebrews. He's, he's writing to the Jews, trying to explain to them how Christianity is the new Judaism, how Christianity is the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies. How Jesus is not come to overthrow the Hebrew system, but to fulfill it, but to, but to, but to accomplish what it 
pointed towards. And, and there's a lot of deep thinking that you might say we find here in, in this passage, in these, in these verses. In Hebrews chapter 7, we see in verse 9 a story. He's talking a couple of times here in Hebrews 5 through 7. He talks about this priest Melchizedek, who we don't know much about. The Bible doesn't give any details, doesn't tell us who his parents were. And so, who, where he came from, where he went, and so Paul uses him sort of as an illustration of someone that is eternal and without a father and without a mother. And, and here in, in, in Hebrews chapter 7 and, and verse 9, it says, even Levi, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. This was the story. Abraham went out, you remember, and he, he, uh, he recovered the, the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah, was it? And um, he, he recovered with them a lot of, uh, a lot of loot. And um, he, he found the priest who was a, 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 a high priest or a priest of the true God, a believer in the true God, and he paid tithe of the, of the proceeds that he brought back before he refunded what these kings had lost. And so here you have an example, uh, Paul says, of, of um, us being credited for what our spiritual ancestors have done. Isn't that very interesting? We are credited. Now, Abraham, this was many years um, before Levi came, came about. You have to understand. And Levi, by the way, is not Abraham's son. He's Abraham's, what would it be? Uh, great-grandson, right? And uh, so, so Abraham is not, Le- Levi is not literally physically going, you know, with a, with a pregnant Sarah over to and, and somehow paid tithes that way. No, we're, Levi was nowhere around when Abraham paid that tithe. But Paul says he paid tithes in the loins of Abraham because we are credited with the works that our spiritual ancestors have done. Very, very interesting principle here as we're born into a new family. Turn with me back to our last passage on this topic, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. What I want you to understand is that God wants us to be a part of a spiritual family with spiritual ancestors. It doesn't matter who our real father and mothers are. It doesn't matter who our real ancestors are. It doesn't matter even the externals of of who we are, our name, our status, our social condition. What's important is that we're born into the family of God. Romans chapter 5. We're not going to read all these verses. We're going to look at a few of them. Romans chapter 5 verses 18, actually it should say just 18 through 19. Um, If you were looking for verse 29, you'd be disappointed. Romans chapter 5, verses 18 through and 19. Therefore, as as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in the free gift, uh, resulting, I'm sorry, in justification of life. Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. And there's a lot of theology we could cover in this verse, but remember, it starts, the chapter starts with therefore, right? He'd have us understand something from Father Abraham. It's not supposed to be so terribly complicated. We shouldn't get lost in the weeds. Basically, he's talking about Adam. Adam sinned, right? Well, guess what? We had no choice. We're born into a fallen race. Adam stood at the head of that race. And I would propose to you that having looked at what we looked at in John, having looked at what we looked at in Hebrews, that 
if we are sinners, we are descendants, spiritual descendants, not just of the devil, but also of a fallen Adam, right? Who decided that he had a better idea than God did and ate of that fruit even though God told him not to. We have that same problem. We're sinners. But there was another one who came along. He's sometimes referred to as the second Adam. Who is that? In fact, Jesus came. He came as the second Adam. And, and just like Adam was tempted, Jesus also was tempted, right? And Jesus was tempted. And, and here we are, the human race. There's our family tree, and Adam's at the top of it. The sinful Adam's at the top of it. And we can't help ourselves because we're slaves of sin, right? We can't, we can't save ourselves. We can't change ourselves. We have an ancestor, a fallen Adam, and that's what we're, we're born with. Uh, Jesus came along, and He lived not a, a disobedient life, but an obedient life, a perfect life. Remember? We talked about how to be perfect, didn't we? Just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how God makes us perfect because Jesus is perfect. And I can stand before God Praise the Lord, I can stand before God just as if I had not sinned today, Steps to Christ, page 62 tells us. My, when, Jesus, when, when the promise says in 1 John uh, chapter 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from most of our righteousness. Is that what it says? Most, most of our unrighteousness. No, all of our unrighteousness. See, God wants to give us a perfect record in the courts of heaven. And, and not only this... The, more than this, God changes the heart, right? He begins to work a transformation in our lives to make us His spiritual children. So what happens is, the first Adam came and he, he blew it, he fell. We are His spiritual descendants. Naturally, we're born into this race of humanity, a fallen race of humanity. And we are, we are, we are, we are we're not naturally able to keep God's law. We're not at naturally, we don't even like the things of God. But wonder of wonders, the King of heaven... The Creator, the Redeemer, He came, he, he was born as a human being. He came and He overcame where Adam failed. He became the second Adam. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Redeemer, as our Savior, there's something that happens in our spiritual ancestry. Instead of being on that, that, that family tree of the fallen Adam, we become a part of the family tree of the perfect Adam, of the one, instead of being on the family tree of the disobedient Adam, we become a part of the family tree of the obedient Adam. Jesus becomes our spiritual ancestor. We become sons and daughters of God. In fact, we, in, 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 some, in some illustrations Paul uses, he says, we're adopted in the family and Jesus is just our older brother. What kind of a family tree is that? What kind of a spiritual ancestry is that? Oh, friends, you and I, we can be royalty. We can be a part of God's family. In fact, that's what He wants for us. He wants us to experience being a part of the family of God. I don't know about you, but I want that experience. I want to be born again so that I can join a new family. So that family is going to be headed by Jesus himself, the, the, the obedient Adam. I'm going to live a life with 
Father Abraham is also a spiritual ancestor. He was one of those who followed his Savior. I'm going to do the works that Adam did, that, that Abraham did, if I'm his spiritual descendants. In fact, I'm going to do the works that Jesus did. I want to be his disciple and his follower. Is that your desire today? I want to be a part of the family of God. Today we've welcomed two new members into the Dalton Seventh-day Adventist Church. But wouldn't it be wonderful if all of us, everyone here under the sound of my voice, if we could leave here just having reaffirmed that we are a part of the spiritual family of God, that Jesus is our Savior from sin, and we choose not the disobedient Adam, not Father Lucifer, but we choose to be children of Father Abraham and the spiritual descendants of the obedient Adam. Father, we thank you that this weekend when we remember our fathers, that we can call you Father. Not just because it's rote or habit or custom or tradition, but Lord, today we want to call you Father because we've given you our hearts and we want to be your spiritual descendants. We want your spiritual DNA to be implanted in us so that every cell of our body will become what you want us to be. Lord, I pray today that we might not trust in the externals, but that you might, we might remember that you want our hearts, that as we leave here, that we might leave better men and women, better boys and girls, for having spent this time with you. That as we exit this house of worship, that we might stay in your presence that we might remember this week that we are we're children of the King. We're sons and daughters of the Most High. That we've been born again into a new spiritual family. May we live that way. May we be your ambassadors to tell others about Jesus. We pray in His name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.